I'm Katie. And I'm Kay. And you're listening to the Babes of Quinny podcast. New year, new oral health goals. Start 2024 with a smile you'll love, courtesy of Family Dental Center. Prioritize your oral health. Brush and floss twice daily to maintain healthy teeth and gums. Remember your hygiene visits. Schedule your 2024 appointments at FDC today. For healthy, happy smiles in 2024, visit FamilyDentalCenter.com and drop by their Belleville, Frankfurt, or Coburg offices. (laughs) What's wrong? Nothing. My face is just cold my hands are cold it's just cold outside it's so cold my hands are like cracking from being cold my eyelid skin is cracking and it's very painful how cute yeah i know i'm just so hot right now like i wake up and my eyes are like red and puffy gosh and cracky and dry so fun (laughs) thanks winter how are you doing good Good, good, good. Had therapy this morning. My dog ate a bunch of Ricolas, so I keep checking the camera and make sure he's not dead. <laughs> Frank. Frank. Um, good. It was a busy week. I went to a chamber, the Belleville Chamber Mingle last night. How was curling? We didn't curl. We watched curling. Oh, I thought you were curling. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But I do want to, um, the Queenie Curling Club does like... Uh, like a learn to curl night fun. on Saturday. So I want to do that because it seems fun. Um, and then I played soccer last night and we finally won a game. Oh my God. I'm so proud of you guys. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, it's good. Were you playing Alyssa's team? No. Alyssa's we forfeited Wan- against them last week. Alyssa's Wanuck from Nomad, Nomad Creative is also playing Plays soccer. On the Cosmos. On the Cosmos. They're the best team in the league. So, yeah. Uh, no, what's going on with you? Um, not a whole lot. It's like that weird week in January where it's just like, okay, over this. I don't know. I feel like January is a giant Monday. Yeah. Well, February to me is a Wednesday. Yeah, that's Because you're just waiting for like... March? March. Because there's like March break. And then April's like, it's Friday. Summer's here. You know? Oh, God, I can't wait. I just honestly, I think what it is, is I need sunshine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm losing it. Like, yeah. it's, there's no, it's cloudy all day. I know. And I'm just, it's really, it's messing with me. I got one of those happy lights for Christmas. I need to actually use it. I'll bring it into the office and we can use it. <laughs> just, do you think Baked. it'll help if we just like sit in front of it? Yeah. It's is, is that to. like the thing? Yeah. It's supposed to make you feel better. Like how the sunlight makes, oh, well. That vitamin D. <laughs> You know what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, should we get into this week's episode? We should, yes. Uh, so good. So we recorded this one yesterday. Yes. <laughs> and you're editing <laughs> like a champ? I'm done editing the episode. So Holy it'll just be editing this in. Beautiful. Yeah. But it's uh, Natalie of ambival- Ambivalently Yours. Yes. Sorry, I struggle with words. It was so fun. She is just... Honestly, I feel like I'm a little bit, a lot, like Same. anxiously. I have a lot of anxious energy, I think. Yeah. And she was just so calming. She has anxiety too, and but it was so calming. I'm like, how do I do that? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just need to make more art. Maybe. But it was a good conversation. It was really good. And there's a lot of funny, like, antidotes. Ant- yes. Yeah. Antidote's a good word. Yeah. So, uh, enjoy about those on the end. <laughs> fangirling a little bit. Natalie, or more formerly known as Ambivalently Yours, is a multi-talented individual who wears many hats in the creative world. Not only is she an artist, she's also a graphic designer with our buds at Northern Craft Supply and an arts educator at the Ontario College of Art and Design. She's most known for her unique hand-drawn illustrations where she channels her complicated feelings and the feelings of strangers from her Tumblr community. Speaking of social media, she's also amassed over 250,000 followers on the internet and has gone viral more times than I can count. Did I mention she also likes cats? Babes of Quinny, please welcome, in my opinion, one of the Bay of Quinny's most captivating and creative forces, Natalie, of ambivalently yours. Did we get it all right? Yeah, that's great. That's it. really fun. Thanks. Um, we start every episode the same. What's your favorite potato chip? Oh, my favorite is um, Doritos original flavor. Like, like the nacho? nacho cheese. Okay. It's just classic. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Yeah, like, I, I just don't like the like 
the aftertaste that Doritos leaves you with. I do. And then it's on your fingers. You get like a second. Mm. It's like a second hit of. Of chip dust. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I like it too. I remember once my partner kissing me after eating lots of Doritos and I was like this is good like, I like this yeah like I like both of these things yeah Doritos and kissing <laughs> delish that's true though yeah like a nice Cheetos kiss would be good too Hawkins I, cheesies kiss oh that'd be salty it'd just be like a desert of kissing <laughs> desert. I do love Hawkins but they're very salty oh I don't know like I love Doritos you know, you can get their Doritos dips now. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, seen I've never those. actually tried them, but it's like a dip. And I Does think it taste like Doritos? Is, it, is that the idea? Yeah, I think it's yeah. like the flavoring of Doritos, but in dip format. That sounds fun. I guess you could like layer your flavors. Dorito nachos. Or you could mix and match, I suppose. Yeah. Dorito nachos, too, are a thing. What? Yeah, you make nachos actually, out no. of Dorito chips. Matt DeMille actually made me a taco Dorito thing in a bag. Oh, yeah. Yes, I yes. I don't know what it was, but it was at the break room. Mm. Anyways, yeah. Let's bring that back. Matt, <laughs> we're here. Anywho, question. <laughs> Have you always been ambivalent? Um, Probably. Can I ask a dumb question? Yeah. What does ambivalent mean? <laughs> so... <laughs> Ambivalent is one of those words that I think people misunderstand. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of commonly thought of as like not caring, like I'm just ambivalent about something. But actually it means having like two opposing emotions at the same time. So like loving and hating something at the same time. So I, I just like really fell in love with that concept or that I, that emotion in when I was in grad school because it really encapsulated how I felt about a lot of things and so Mm -hmm. yeah just instead of trying to decide like oh I love this thing or I hate it to just be able to settle on I feel two ways about it just felt liberating to me yeah wow that's my new favorite word (laughs) because I feel ambivalent about so many things in my life I feel ambivalent about my (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriend um no, I think that's really beautiful because mm-hmm. I read it on your website and I was like, I love the way you described it. Mm-hmm. Like you have like a really, I know you're like, you're like a, a visual artist, but you're really good with words. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm actually trying to get into writing more and and like bringing more writing into my practice. Mm-hmm. So like fiction writing as well. So I'm happy that oh, yeah, it's no. coming through already. It, it, like, <laughs> I like you're a captivating write. writer. <laughs> I think you. it's, I think you're just I'm fangirling. I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> it's fine. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> Keep it going. I guess so. Have you always been ambivalent? Yeah. I mean, I think I've always had a hard time like making my mind up about things, and mm-hmm. but always feeling like you know you always have that version of yourself that you present to the world, and the version of yourself that's in you that you you know, and you're always everyone makes like edits or curates their version of themselves and I think yeah I think I've always kept a lot back also being like just a naturally very emotional person mm-hmm. and growing up in a family where I was the only emotional person so having preach to, <laughs> right Same. where every time you express an emotion aloud everyone's like oh, here we go again and so learning to <laughs> And, you know, as a woman, too, you know, you learn that there mm-hmm. are certain emotions that you're allowed to express in public and others that you're not. And so mm-hmm. I think even in that sense, I've been ambivalent in the sense that there was like the emotion I let out and the emotion I kept mm-hmm. in. Yeah, I feel that. And I feel like that's why, like, a lot of your work is so relatable, because I never knew how to put into words a lot of things. And then I can't remember how I think it was. One of my friends had sent me a link to one of your Instagram posts, and I was like, holy crap. Yeah, that explains it. Like, that's exactly what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, I think you have a really cool way of expressing that visually. Thanks. I mean, that's kind of what I try to do, and I do it in a public way, so in hopes, like you said, that other people will relate. But I also do it for me as a way of, like, working through stuff and trying yeah. to, like, figure 
feelings out. So it's kind of a two. What a healthy way to figure your feelings out. Yeah, I mean, everything has their its pros and cons. Yeah, (laughs) like it gets more complicated than when you're trying to like make a living as a creative person, or also it gets more complicated when you're posting things online to like unfiltered feedback from strangers that's (laughs) that's a a thing thing. yeah i have been there people love giving their two cents well yeah as as long you know when you're a person putting an opinion out in the world people are gonna Mm -hmm. and if you have a platform where people can hear you like people are gonna have Opinions. Oh, yes. I'm sure you've... I'm familiar with the opinions. <laughs> oh, yes. And I'm like, can you just, like, not? Yeah, just enjoy the picture. Like... You're welcome. Like, if you don't like it, it's not for you. I don't care. That's like, funny. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I truly don't on. care. Yeah. But then also deeply cared. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like I don't care what other people think, but I also very much care mm-hmm. what people think. Which is confusing. I think that like is anxiety. Yeah. It's like I want to be like I don't I don't care but then I care about everything so much. So it's a hard again, it's just a double-sided thing. I'm like I don't want to care but I can't stop. And yeah. now I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think for me like I use like humor and sarcasm a lot mm-hmm. like publicly to like portray this like I don't really care version of myself, but then I'll go home and like fret about it and think about it and be like should I respond to this or like Mm -hmm. this isn't like another thing my partner has been very good at every time I'm like should I respond to this comment I got and my partner's always like no never (laughs) no yeah it's just you're just gonna get caught up in yeah in like the back and forth and the internet is a terrible medium for Mm -hmm. debate or conflict resolution Mm -hmm. because it's so removed Mm -hmm. from you know, one-on-one chatting, so and like yeah. tone and everything else. But yeah, in the moment when I'm feeling upset about something, I'm like, no, I'm just gonna write one small message. Yeah, I've really had to <laughs> learn because I I find I have big emotions right away to things, and I take things very personally. And I've had to learn to like take a beat and mm-hmm. be like, okay, after we'll see how I feel in 24 hours, and I'll come back to this maybe. But if I do it right now, no one's gonna be happy. Well, that's it, too. Like, I think that's a part of being an emotional person is, like, learning what feelings are just for a second and which ones stay with you. And I think it's when you realize the ones that are staying with you that you're like, no, I think I need to address this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, figuring out that balance is, I think, like a lifelong journey. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I've been in therapy since I was, like, seven. I can't. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm at. I remember my therapist was, like, Cause I didn't like being home alone. Like I didn't like being away from my mom. That was my anxiety. Cause I was scared I was going to get kidnapped or murdered mm. as a seven year old. Very natural, I think. But then my therapist was like, well, why are you so scared of the nighttime? And I dead ass looked at her and I was like, that's when people get murdered. <laughs> as like a seven, eight year old, I was like, are you dumb? Like, like, <laughs> obviously. Obviously that's when people get murdered or kidnapped. It's more prime then. Like, where did I come up with that? I don't know. What did you watch? A lot of CSI. <laughs> like, way too much CSI. There you go. And Law and & Order. So, yeah. It's full circle. Yeah, watching too many, like, Law & Order SVU episodes oh. in a row, you're like, you start feeling like the second you leave the house, yeah. you're going to get raped and murdered. Yeah. So, it's... Sometimes I have to step back. Yeah. Be like, I grew up with, like, anxiety. With it was the don't get pregnant anxiety. Oh. So my mom worked in the maternity ward. So mm. she's like, I saw so many young teenage girls. And I'm like, ah. so yeah, that was my That's don't get pregnant. One. Now I'm a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I mean, it didn't really work. It's all these full circle moments, you know? <laughs> right. But it's funny how these these things, these parts of how we grow up, like what we watched, like what our parents mm-hmm. did, how it will affect how we, like, a approach life or like interpret things yeah yeah no Mm -hmm. I totally agree so tell me about artsy stuff so like you got your (laughs) yeah so you got what your master's in fine arts Mm -hmm. that's wild (laughs) at OCAD no so I did my undergrad in fine arts at Concordia and then I got my master's at the Vermont College of Fine Arts oh amazing and um I I went back to school to get my master's in fine arts like 
five years into my career, I had been working in fashion outside at, right after school, and then I was like, I need to do something else. And so, to the dismay of my father, I was like, <laughs> I know what I'm going to do—a master's in fine arts, because that's like the a very straight path to a fulfilling career. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel that one too. It's funny too because some of my st- I've had I had a student at OCAD kind of asking me what they should do after they graduate and like should I do like a master's in fine arts and they're like no that's useless I'm like well actually I, I have one of those <laughs> I did that but for me it was really helpful because like I said I'd been working in fashion which I liked the work like the creative part of it I designed textiles and. That's I did like cool. graphic design for marketing stuff. Fun. But the industry itself was really toxic. It mm-hmm. was often like at the top of the chain of command there was you know a male boss and then lots of women that worked for this man and it was very patriarchal and this way it was kind of like how it was structured and it was very a very sexist mm-hmm. kind of work environment and yeah, I could t- say lots of stories, but oh yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it truly doesn't shock me though. Like you're saying, and I'm like, that sounds correct for that industry. Yeah, it was just like, and it's also being in an industry that focuses so much on like beauty and body image and stuff like that. Like it was probably the time in my life where I looked the most like, you know, that typical beauty. Like mm-hmm. I was at my thinnest. I was you know, dressing a certain way. And it's the time in my life where I hated myself the most Mm -hmm. because it was like this unachievable beauty standard that I was helping to sell. Mm -hmm. So I was like complicit in this and, and it was also affecting me, even though I was like kind of behind the curtain, like I could tell how strong these images were and these messages. So I just had, I just like needed a change and I was like, I need to go back to art and I really wanted to study feminist art because I Mm. felt like that would help me process everything. And so I got to school all like excited and like, I'm going to be a feminist artist. It's going to be great. And then it was just really interesting because a lot of, a lot of the faculty, I was like the fashion girl who didn't like get feminism and then I was st- I, st- I was still working while I was in school. And then when they found out I was studying feminism, and this was like before fem- feminism had like its like trendy mm-hmm. yeah. kind of story t- storyline. Um, suddenly at work I was like the feminist killjoy, but at school I was like not feminist enough. Oh my god! And so it was like a really strange place to be, and that's where like the word ambivalence came out mm-hmm. because yeah. I felt like I was being judged in two different ways at the same time, and I was being portrayed as like two different versions of myself, and I kind of existed somewhere maybe in the middle. Like I, I like be- like I'm a feminist. I believe in like all the ideas, but I also like like fashion and clothes and feminine things and that sometimes for some of my faculty some older faculty was like a red flag that I didn't understand that I was being subjugated in some way Mm -hmm. but I like I did understand Mm -hmm. but I think it's like an it's a complicated thing to be like I know I was conditioned to like pink but I still like it so should I deny myself that pleasure as a feminist statement but I also know that like being a woman wearing lots of pink like says something to the world mm-hmm. and people will interpret that in, mm-hmm. a, in a way. So yeah, so that's what my brain was doing in grad I school. I love the way your brain, <laughs> because I think about those things too. Yeah. And I'm just like, I pushed to get pink specifically, I think is just like something I avoided for so long because I was like, no, I'm punk rock. I am not going to be feminine. I'm not going to be all these things. But now my office is pink. Mm-hmm. Like, every accessory I buy is pink because I'm just like, fuck it. I love this. And I still believe what I believe. And I still, it doesn't change who I am because I like a color. Yeah, I just feel like the patriarchy ruined pink for us in a way or tried to. Um, Yeah, it's a complicated, it's a complicated thing. But I, but I kind of, my opinion is that, like, I'm not going to deny myself, Mm -hmm. like, the aesthetics of something I like because of the patriarchy. 
I think that is. They don't get pink. Mm-mm. It's fine. No, yeah. They, they can have. No, they can't have anything. They I was have anything. like, they can have something else, but not pink. I and I don't. I believe I'm a feminist, and I believe in inter like. I believe in intersectional feminism because it just is broader. Um, but it's hard. It's hard out there because, yeah, there's always, like, two sides to it. You're never one. You're never enough for someone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think there's, like, a real global misunderstanding of feminism mm-hmm. by a lot of people. Um, I also think it makes a lot of people who have, like, more power it makes them really nervous to see like groups that they've um, looked down upon gain any sort of power because mm-hmm. then they think that they're going to be treated the way they treated mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way yeah right and so that's why a lot of people get really nervous when women or people of color or any sort of marginalized group get any sort of power because they're like well then they're going to do to us what we did to them and so it's <laughs> not how it works. We're not. I'm not. Maybe I mean, we're just kinder. Who knows? I mean, I think like the ideas of feminism like are good for everybody. It's good for yeah. everybody to live in a more equal society. I think like anything, feminism has been used in good ways and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like we look at it like in like art history as like different waves and like so, you know, earlier waves of feminism ignored a lot of like people of color or queer people or disabled people. And so there's constantly a need to keep refining and keep having conversations and to like, like for me, like, cause I always bring things back to ambivalence to let our feminist feminism be ambivalent so that there's room to like change our mind and let things grow and evolve instead of yeah. being like feminism is this one thing here are the like the 10 rules that you follow and nothing can change mm-hmm. even though society keeps changing and yeah anyway yeah no i totally agree it's, i just think i think most things should be kind of more of like a spectrum of mm-hmm. things whether gender or like feminism or sexuality or any of these things because it's like I I feel why are we people are just so obsessed with putting things in boxes they love boxes (laughs) I hate boxes I mean but that's like the capitalist way right Mm -hmm. yeah we put things in boxes so that we can market to people in a certain way and if you don't fit in a box then you're not easily marketed to and that's not like good economically speaking but I think when you live in systems like that your brain sometimes automatically goes there. Mm-hmm. And so people look for categories to try to like understand things, but sometimes that can be really limiting. And mm-hmm. I think nuance is a really important thing to have to any category. I think it's can be really powerful to to be in a category, you know, if you're like a marginalized person to associate yourself with a certain group can give you power. Absolutely. But but I think having nuance within these ways that you kind of like identify yourself I think is also really powerful too yeah oh my god you're so wise you really are <laughs> I'm just like oh my god, I just listen to you speak all day you're yeah. a great teacher yeah. well you are a teacher so I'm your students yes. are lucky so what do you what do you teach I'm teaching animated illustration <sighs> fun yeah it's a really fun class and I really like being around young artists and seeing them kind of like come up with ideas and execute them so for me like teaching is really fun and that's super fun yeah i just started animating things on my ipad yeah so i'm just like yeah i was looking at your animations this morning on your website really cool they're super thanks. fun thanks actually I have, there's like this show that happened recently probably in the last like four months in the county and you had like a film yeah the uh, uncertainty festival that's the one yeah, so that was, I organized that with uh, Stacey Spruill from the County Arts Council. Yeah. And we, we wanted to create a platform for more kind of experimental art in the county. Mm-hmm. And we just, we called it the Uncertainty Festival because we wanted it to be a platform for people to share art that maybe they're not sure about yet, what it is yet. And it was kind of really like video animation based. So we had like this loop of different videos from different artists and it was in a space that was in this like we had an, an artist do like an installation and so so yeah it was really fun to kind of 
create these opportunities for artists to show different kind of work and yeah well hopefully Tell me. <laughs> we're trying to do it again so hopefully oh, well, we'll, yeah, we'll no, do definitely. another do version two for yes. sure I yeah um this isn't art related but do you find as someone who has emotions and is the emotional one and has probably been processing emotions for a long time do you find that like I when I am speaking to someone who's emotionally I'm gonna say constipated and <laughs> doesn't that. know how to process it yet and then I'm speaking it they always come back to me with anger and I'm like okay but I have two therapists and they say that this, <laughs> what I'm saying is okay <laughs> yeah I think for a lot of people who are, like you said, emotionally constipated, which I think is really an accurate portrayal. <laughs> I love that term now. Right. I think like anger becomes this like blanket emotion to shut down emotion because mm-hmm. it's really hard to, yeah, to talk to someone who's angry or to, you know, open up to someone who's angry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's, I find it really hard to being around people who, who don't share their emotions because like I can kind of tell that there's something mm-hmm. else there and it makes me anxious I'm like yeah. just tell me mm-hmm. Let's, like I'm very I'm a little maybe too blunt with my emotions but if someone like does something that hurts my feelings I'll be like you did this it hurt my feelings my rebound after that is really quick like I don't hold a grudge because I'll just tell you if, if there's an issue because mm-hmm. I don't like things to fester but then I have with people who hold back their emotions I always have this anxiety that there's something festering that I don't know about yeah I feel that too and then I start thinking because I have anxiety so I can think of every possible thing yeah and everything that could be about to go wrong in their mind so then I'm just projecting it onto them yeah it's a good time yeah I do that yeah the anxious brain I'm also quite an anxious person and um yeah a friend once told me like you're so creative in how you think of the worst possible thing that can happen. <laughs> oh yeah. I yes. Yeah. That's but, a good that's what I, I'm gonna say. I'm just really creative about thinking <laughs> about the worst case scenario here. Oh yeah, because I can go from just like driving down the street to like like a building blowing up in like four seconds. Mm-hmm. Like and in a completely reasonable, rational way. <laughs> and that's where like I found just like saying it out loud to someone being like do you think it's possible that this horrible catastrophe could happen because I did this small thing and sometimes just like hearing myself say it or then having someone else be like no no that's yeah. not gonna happen honestly in the past month I've had to start doing that where I'm like this is what I'm thinking and I know I know it's irrational but I need you to confirm with me yes <laughs> that because I did this this is not about to happen and they're like no you're good I'm like are you sure? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, thank you. And that's where like having anxious friends who understand mm-hmm. that is really helpful too. Yeah. Because they know, like I have a friend and a lot of our friendship I think is based on the fact that we're both anxious. And so sometimes we'll text each other and be like, do you think this might happen? I'm like, no. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I think I'm the friend that most people text when they're like depressed or anxious or and I'm like don't worry that I've been there that's mm-hmm. normal you'll be okay you'll get through this maybe yeah. try medication <laughs> you're my hype girl yeah I'll hype you up I'm like you're slaying do it uh, your butt life. looks great <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll always compliment a butt New Year, new oral health goals. Family Dental Center wants you to start 2024 with positive vibes and loving your smile. It's the year to prioritize your oral health. Commit to brushing and flossing your teeth twice a day to keep your smile dazzling and your gums healthy. And don't forget your routine hygiene visit. Book your 2024 hygiene visits with Family Dental Center. Reach out to Family Dental Center in Belleville, Frankfurt, or Coburg to kickstart your new year oral health goals. Visit FamilyDentalCenter.com and let's make 2024 the year of healthy happy smiles okay so you had a thing it was in other words ambivalence where you had people submit opposing emotions Mm -hmm. on like tumblr is can you tell us about that like how did that kind of happen what happened um yeah so that kind of happened by accident so it was back in like the 2012, 14, 15 time when Tumblr was at its so peak. hot. Yeah. 
Tumblr was great. Tumblr was honestly great. I feel like the internet of that time was a very different internet. Mm -hmm. And Tumblr was a really nice space. And it was like, I had just finished, I just finished grad school and I had all these things, these ideas, but I was trying to figure out what to do with them. And so I just started a Tumblr and I was like, I'm just going to post these drawings on Tumblr and I don't know, just for me Mm -hmm. to catalog them. But then as things sometimes happen on Tumblr, like a couple went kind of viral and then people started following me. And it was kind of common at that time that on Tumblr, like people often I would expect from like their Tumblr pages, often like teenage girls (coughs) would like just like send each other messages and you can send like anonymous messages easily mm-hmm. on Tumblr mm-hmm. and people just started like asking me for life advice um, and not really like being a professional to give people like life yeah. advice I just started answering with drawings or like drawing their how I interpreted their messages so it became like these little collaborations of they're submitting something to me and then I'm interpreting it through my own, like, lived experience. And mm-hmm. then, and it was really interesting to see then what happened. Like, I had one drawing that I did that kind of went viral. And then the original person who sent me the message was like, it was so exciting for me to see that drawing you did for me go viral. Because then it made me feel seen. Like, other people, like, got how I felt. And so it was a really nice kind of exchange that started happening. And that's where really where... I feel like drawing and my practice really came to be and it was thanks to like all these strangers that I mostly never met on the internet which was really nice I love internet strangers some can be really great mm-hmm. some of them the internet's a really weird place for that yeah it's like it's beautiful but terrifying exactly it's yeah. um yeah <laughs> it's it's beautiful but terrifying it's a beautiful it's a accurate way to, to do it and it's you know, there's something, and I think more so now with platforms like TikTok, but it can be really addictive. And, like, mm-hmm. um, one thing I did in 2015 is that I got an artist residency where I got funding to go to Glasgow and live in this, like, small apartment above an art center. Amazing. And so artist residencies are, yeah, like, you get funding or something from a an art space and you can go, and the only thing is that you have to, like, make art while you're there. And it's a great way to like for artists to like have a break from reality and just focus on their work. It was yeah. like a huge privilege that I got to do this. And my project was to try to answer as many like Tumblr as many Tumblr questions as I could during three months time. Amazing. And in my head, I was going to make like hundreds of drawings, but it just became so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And like the more I answered, the more I got. And it just started like snowballing. And there was a part of me that felt like I needed to like answer every single one. And I felt really guilty that I couldn't. But mm-hmm. then I realized that like I'm not a machine. And that if I yeah. wanted to be thoughtful about things, like I couldn't respond to everything. And so, and it also became at one point like really isolating. I remember one day, like I realized I had spent like three days without leaving my tiny little flat. And I like went downstairs to the reception of the art center and had to ask the person at the front desk to just talk to me for a bit. I'm like, I need human contact. (laughs) Something. (laughs) Let's talk. I mean, of course, this is like pre-pandemic, and so I had no idea what was in store for the future, but... (laughs) It was like your preparation. (laughs) It's fine. But it also was a time where, like, my career kind of took off, and suddenly, like, you know, like, online magazines like Cosmopolitan and BuzzFeed were interviewing me, which was really strange. Really? Especially coming out from, like, the post-fashion world and, yeah. like, being interviewed by, like, Cosmopolitan where, like... For not I used, fashion? Yeah, for, like, feminist kind of art when I used to, like, get, like, huge complexes from, like, reading Cosmopolitan and, like, ten ways to satisfy your man and, like, <laughs> yeah. the thing that that does to your brain when you're a run, young yeah. person yeah. reading that. And so... Yeah, it was like a strange time where I was getting attention, but it was like complicated because they'd ask me all these like complicated questions about feminism and then write like a 200 word little blurb <laughs> where they like really distilled it. And it was like, cool artist says you can like pink and be a sassy feminist. 
like there were there were more words in there. so much of me wants to call that this episode that <laughs> you could wear pink be a sassy feminist Natalie and Billy yeah like the full quote yeah, on this yeah. whole thing but that's what it was like that's literally what they were doing I'll do it for <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> At least thanks for the heads up. <laughs> I won't do it. But you know, that's it was like really, yeah, it was it was a strange time for sure. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like a weird full circle, but like a really zigzaggy circle with like uncertainty because it's like you couldn't be in that world and be a feminist and they wanted you to be a feminist, but they worded it weird. Well, because like at, by that time, like feminism was like, cool yeah. you know like 2015 right. feminism was like on trend mm-hmm. and so like even it's weird like, that like feminism can be trendy well yeah I think it always like comes and goes in waves I feel like we're now in like a backlash era mm-hmm. but like when when it reaches the trend like you know it's about to like backlash a little bit because again it's like people see it as women getting too much power so they're like yeah. oh we have to pull pull that back now mm-hmm. we have to quiet them down a little bit yeah but it's like I feel like I feel ambivalent about that too about the trend like in a way it's great because like a lot of it's more accessible to a lot of people mm-hmm. to like learn about these ideas but like I just said about that article sometimes it's so diluted that it mm-hmm. loses its meaning almost mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah it's uh, complicated. I think yeah. the thing I've learned from like like specifically like those magazines or like just general media, people are really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like the people reading everything, like, mm-hmm. myself included. So it's like they're reading this as like an entertainment thing, so it's like they want to dumb it down mm-hmm. so it's easy for people to digest because mm-hmm. they're like we're not coming to Cosmo for deep intellectual articles, which actually I think Teen Vogue is doing really well. Because they actually do, like, political and, like, they write, like, full-on, like, think pieces and stuff now. But, yeah, that's my... Well, I think for... What I think that maybe one of the problems is, is that, like, the way we consume media has changed really quickly in the last, like, 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And we sort of haven't had time to develop, like, media literacy. Like... Oh, yeah. Like, not everyone has been able to, like, develop the skills to be, like... What is this article? Like, is this an actual, like, reputable source? Or is this this, like, fake? Mm-hmm. Or is this, this just, like, this random person who started a blog? And, like, because the way, like, social media is, like, set up, it's set up for us to, like, consume things quickly, like, for a few seconds at a time. So we, like, and I do this, too. You know, you read, like, a headline and you're, like, oh, that's happening. But you don't read the article where there's, like actually you realize the headline was misleading and it's not actually that clickbait baby well that's it and so and i think like i see this you know with with people who are still on facebook which is often like older people who maybe like you know don't understand social media as much because it's not like something they grew up with and then they're taking things at face value Mm -hmm. they're not checking sources and they're believing like conspiracy theories. And I think for younger people too, who still are like figuring out like what it all means. Although I feel like younger people, because they've had access to it longer, maybe they understand it more, but I feel like media literacy is going to be something really important to like teach at Mm -hmm. school. school, Cause it's like, it's a survival thing to like understand where information is coming from. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I dealt with this cause I, at one point was moderating all the, in Quinty articles, yeah, it was it was honestly probably made us both the most depressed. I've never, yeah, I've never been so depressed in my life. People would argue about literally anything, and at one point, I had come back from parental leave, and I was like, okay, we're not doing comments anymore. We we're shut done. them down. So just, we just shut them down. And now Facebook shut all of news down. Now, yeah, now yeah. Facebook is like, <laughs> no news for you. Well, that's like another like really <laughs> problematic thing that like so good. And yeah, like, we just want to tell people that the roads are closed. Yeah, <laughs> like or really that there's gonna be really things. bad weather. Yeah, yeah. So like access to information and like that the fact that these like billionaire tech companies are deciding who has access to information mm-hmm. is really terrifying. Yeah. Okay. So the other side of this is the Canadian government. Mm-hmm. They wanted to. So part of that whole deal was they wanted Google and Facebook to start prioritizing Canadian media over American media, Mm. which I get. But that would then 
in turn start pushing less reputable news sources mm. above like you know like c-span or any of these other like yeah. whatever so that's where google and all of them were kind of like well no we want to still be able to you know prioritize some things over like rebel news yeah <laughs> for example <laughs> anyways you can cut that out too Maybe. See how I'm feeling when I edit this <laughs> this afternoon. Um, so you started online with Tumblr. Mm -hmm. Like, man, I miss Tumblr. And then how did, when did you kind of, are you still on Tumblr? I mean, my Tumblr is still there. I'm not really, like, active on it as much. Um, I, I eventually kind of, like, went over to more, like, Instagram mm -hmm. when kind of like everyone did mm -hmm. um so I guess I'm I'm a lot more active on Instagram I have a, a TikTok too but I don't post as much I find TikTok really overwhelming um I, I deleted it off my phone yeah I I, I I think my personality like I tend to sometimes go on my phone to disassociate a little when I'm feeling anxious mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and TikToks I'll realize I like just lost an hour just like scrolling through videos and I hated every single one of them and my the TikTok can't understand my can't create a perfect algorithm for me because I just watch everything <laughs> <laughs> and TikTok's like showing me like the the random things gets, it gets weird and I'm like what am I watching yeah like yeah, my algorithm is I don't like right it. now okay so I'm starting to get into cute cat videos, oh, so that's like good. we're doing pretty okay. For a while, I was getting was like videos of like Survivor when they do auctions and they can like oh. get the food Eat items. I don't know. Like I got, I never really watched Survivor, but like I don't know why I like fell deep into that, and then all my videos was that. I got deep into um, baked potatoes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like all this. I saw one video of like this food truck in the UK, and they'd make baked potatoes with stuff on it. And then I watched so that's, many. Did you watch more than three seconds of it? Yeah, because I was why. like, mm, "What are you going to put on that baked potato?" Works. It works on three, seven, and like thirty-second views. Yeah. So the longer you watch it, the more often those things will start popping up in your feed. Now I really like baked potatoes, <laughs> so it worked, I guess. Now I want a baked potato. Cheesy bean baked potato. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, uh, but how's Instagram working for you? <laughs> how's Instagram working? I mean, Instagram used to be really good for me, and it was like kind of like the main tra like traffic source for like driving to my online shop. And I also got like a lot of great contracts just through Instagram, of course, like, you know, with the algorithm, and it's kind of died down a lot in the last few years. It's made it harder. Mm hmm. I also like can't like post to the frequency that Instagram wants from oh, me, yeah. um, and I also don't want to just like be like feeding the social media mm -hmm. monster. That's fair to get engagement, and so, so yeah, like it's it, it's complicated because I got a lot of great work and met a lot of great people through social media, but it's also like exhausting. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. exhausting, and it's not great for my anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's another thing like TikTok too. There's always people being like, if you have this, you're dying of cancer. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I have that. Oh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know yeah, no, all the ways I could die. I always, I already have too many ways in my head. I already know all of them, I thought. Yeah. And then there's always a new one. And then it's, yeah. I'm a WebMD type person. I'll just like, I'll <sighs> deep word. dive onto Google. Yeah. I try not to do that. Yeah. yeah but it's hard sometimes. My friend in high school had to stop. Like googling her symptoms, like her therapist was like, "You have to, you're banned. You can't do it anymore." Because like everything, you're dying of cancer. Yeah, like any little thing, like oh, I sneezed. Well, that could be like a sinus thing that means that you also have cancer. <laughs> it always comes back to cancer, and you're like, "Damn it!" So my, this is not a funny story. I, <laughs> I know what you're about. To what my mom googling? Oh no, I was just like, your mom has cancer. <laughs> yeah, so my mom had pancreatic cancer. I'm sorry. And Oh, she's fine. Okay, good. She's alive. Okay, good. Which does not happen. So, like, um, but she would get her results back from her doctors, and then she would immediately Google them. So, mm. and then start emailing and calling her doctors, being like, what the shit? And they stopped sending her her results yeah. before her appointments because she would just, like, spiral. But it's almost like the double-edged sort of having, like, access to all this information mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without, like, not having the expertise to interpret it properly. Uh-huh. You know, you're like, you're getting, like, these results from a doctor and you're, like, reading, but, like, you don't really know, like, you 
don't have a medical degree to be able to like properly interpret yeah. that. And so I feel like that's what it is. It's like you're reading like the headline of an article and f- basing an opinion because like we don't have the time in our like busy lives to like deep dive on every subject. So we're accepting mm-hmm. these little like sound bites or little morsels mm-hmm. of information and then trying to put that all together and form an assessment of like how da- in how much danger you're in. <laughs> it's uh it was Nicola from Diamond Physio was on and she was like we're consuming media we're consuming as much media in like a day as people used to over 3 months. Yeah. It's like something crazy like that. Like we're consume I, our brains were not made to consume this much and process it all and I short circuit so much because I think it's just constantly like information overload. It's a lot. Yeah, like, I'm really curious to see how that will shift and change because it changes so much, and I feel like it has to reach a breaking point Mm -hmm. with some. And especially for younger generations who, like, grew up into this and, like, generations with, like, you know, parents, like, blogging their whole children's life. That is yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of backlash against that when those children grow up and realize that their whole personal life has been made into content mm-hmm. to sell, like, random, like, diapers, diapers or, or something. Like, yeah. yeah, I know. The mommy bloggers are fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I can't. Or the ones that, like, they make their whole life into a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm, it's not against, like, like, vlogging or, like, sharing your life online. I think yeah. that can be really interesting. I just think sometimes for kids, they mm-hmm. they don't have the maturity to, like, consent. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And yeah. and we're still, like, figuring out what that means, like, to have your life online. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... I think that's what I, I really appreciate, that you're kind of, like, like, it's really about your art and what you're making. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, you're just kind of there. Yeah, it's kind of like... It, like the project started like as an anonymous thing and then it just got a little harder to be completely anonymous um so it's, I kind of call it like semi-anonymous but I really tried to not put so much my personal life because I put so many of like my very deep personal emotions mm-hmm. and that's a lot to like yeah. and and I realized I need like a layer of like distance from that because it's kind of in a way my job yeah. and you don't need to put your whole private life in your job True. And so for me, like, I needed that balance so I wouldn't feel too vulnerable in my work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's hard when you're an artist that makes kind of self-referential work is, like, finding that balance between, like, I'm sharing this part of myself and I'm comfortable still being out in the world. Not yeah. like I'm sharing so much and now I can't be around anyone because they've seen too much. I feel like that's how I am with this podcast. <laughs> is sometimes I share way too much. Whenever someone says I listen to your podcast, I'm like, you know so much about my life because I have no <laughs> filter. And sometimes it does get it gets overwhelming because I'm like not in a good headspace. And I'm like, I don't I don't want to talk. I don't want people to have to hear me or know what's going on right now. So and it's I'm sure I mean, it is for me. Maybe it's the same for you. But like when you put something out in the world, like you're talking about feeling a certain way and then you put it out by the time it's out, like you've moved on. You've yeah. processed that thing. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes people will find it and be like, are you OK? Or they'll be like, let's talk about this. And you're like, no, no, that's that's over for me yeah. it's like I, we recorded that three weeks ago yeah I yeah. think too growing up as the emotional kid and being in therapy I I had to learn to process I had to learn to process my feelings like mm-hmm. I used to have really bad panic attacks and I still have really bad panic attacks but it used to take me two days to recover from one where now I can have a panic attack and kind of assess take a moment and come back because I've just learned so many skills throughout the time so yeah it's it may sound crazy because my brain may work differently than a lot of people so they may be like are you okay and I'm like oh yeah I've been trained Mm -hmm. to process and come back because I still have to live my life even though I'm riddled with anxiety so welcome to my brain (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it's almost like having like like a pet that you have yeah. to like that you've trained but sometimes the pet still like pees on the floor yeah yeah <laughs> and then you have to deal with that mm-hmm. um that's how yeah. that's my- the best analogy yeah <laughs> my, my brain just peed in my head and i'm coming back from that so give me a moment uh, my just need a few days. Now a kitten. oh i like that mm-hmm. i had um an alter 
ego. Like I did a trip and my travel anxiety was really bad and I was on a group trip and I would have panic attacks and I found it very like embarrassing. Mm -hmm. But I think her name was Sheila. So whenever I'd have a panic attack, I'd just be like, this is just Sheila and she needs a moment. And then it just became a thing that everyone was like, it, is she is Sheila just here for a bit? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And it it like it's not like I had a second personality, but it was just like a, a way of calling my anxiety that. And it's like that doesn't define who I am or what I'm doing. But this is gonna happen for a moment, and then I'm gonna come back. So, yeah, I love that. It takes like the anxiety outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is who I am, mm-hmm. but it's like this is something that kind of happens to me. And yeah, you know, to step away from it a little. I think that's. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. So we have a kitten and Sheila. <laughs> kitten. So, so I heard you like cats. I love cats. Yes. How many cats do you have? I have two cats. Nice. And um, yeah, they're just like the best animal in my opinion. I know this is Fully like a agree. this will be my strongest opinion on this. <laughs> Fully agree. Um, no, that's what I'm naming the episode. Cats are the best. <laughs> like Straight all these. Quotes, I mean, get like all this hate mail. From <laughs> yeah. Dog like, lovers. No offense to dogs. Um, but cats are better. I agree. And I have, like, I'm a dog lover mm-hmm. through and through. But cats are less work, which yeah. makes me like them more. <laughs> yeah. When it's, there's a snowstorm and you see people walking their dogs and I'm mm-hmm. inside with my cat. And yeah. they're like, looks like And fun. my friend has, like, a Maine Coon. So, like, Bernie's huge. Pretty much a dog, you know? You don't need a dog. That's a big ass cat. Mm hmm. He's great. But I think, like, for anxiety, having, like, a purring cat lying on top of you is, it's basically, Have you like, ever watched Big Mouth? No. Okay. It's very raunchy. It's good. But in Big Mouth, mm-hmm. it's, like, the depression cat. And it's just, like, this big cat that comes and lies on them when they're depressed. I have yeah. a cat like that. She's really old. And um, whenever they're, like, whenever I'm feeling, like, depressed or sad, like, she'll come and lie on you. And even I've had, like, people over once. I had a friend who was going through a hard time with her partner, and the whole time she was staying with me, the cat was lying on top of her. I felt like the cat just, like, knew. I think that they You had that moment on Monday. Monday. I'm watching her mother's cat, because they're out of town, and I was having just, like, a day on Monday. And I was, like, laying on the couch, and Cooper was on top of me, Coco was like on top of the pillow, like Navy was on a chair, and my other one, Mahina, was like sitting in the cat tree. But they were all like just like following me around all day. They know, and I'm like, it's like you guys know I'm anxious and depressed. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do, and they all Thanks. just purred and loved on me all day, and it was great. Yeah, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Have you always had cats? Yeah, I always we always had a, like two cats growing up, and so it made sense when as an adult to continue that tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Just always have, yeah. I'd like a cat. My dogs don't like cats, though. So once they're gone, I'll get a cat. That's my plan. It's a great plan. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask one other question about your art? Yeah. And I'm sorry, I didn't do as much research as Kay. Are they paintings? Are they drawings? What medium are we working with here? So most of the drawings I post online, they're, um, it's like, I use often like ballpoint pen on paper with watercolor. So oh. it's a mix of like drawing and then I scan them and I add more color like in Photoshop. So it's like a mix of like analog, like on paper art and digital digital art. Uh, I also do some like I've been doing more in the last year, like some just looser like acrylic painting. But yeah, I really like mixing more traditional mediums with like digital that's really cool. And that's what I do in my animations, too. I'll, I often start on paper and then animate things. And That's yeah. cool. Yeah, the animations are really fun. Thanks. Yeah. I think that's nice, too, that you're using so many different ways because sometimes I'm not an artist by any means. My friends say I'm crafty. But I find that I'll feel like I have to be, like, doing this one thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm into embroidery right now. I'm only embroidering. And then I get so bored. Yeah. Or, like, when you get to kind of... I never think about the fact that you can mix and match and create in your own way. I always get... I put myself in a box. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like that. I just... I have the kind of brain that I almost always have to be doing two things at once. So, it's hard for me to just do one thing in my practice. So, mm-hmm. I just kind of, like, lean into it. I'm like, I'm just going to do whatever. Sometimes awesome. I feel like I should focus more, but nah. it's just not who I am. I no. mean, is it, is it working? 
Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes I do get overwhelmed and start like doing too many things, especially when I have like so many things I want to do. And then I'm like, I start one thing and I'm like, oh, but I should be doing this other thing. So I found like having a schedule for myself, like a weekly, like, okay, this week you're going to work on this at this time. It doesn't always work because with art, like you have to be inspired and if mm-hmm. you're yeah. not, like if I'm not in the right headspace, I can't draw. Mm-hmm. But trying to have a loose sort of schedule and set time aside for it has helped yeah that's cool that's awesome oh i love this chat do you have any <laughs> shout outs that you want to yeah. have shut out and do we miss anything you want to talk about um no i mean this was kind of kind of yeah, yeah. Kind okay of cool it, okay yeah. <laughs> awesome um, this is coming out tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to shut her down. That was amazing. There's just so many quotes in that episode that <laughs> she said, like, one of my friends told me I'm just so creative coming up with the worst case scenario. And same. Yeah. I'm so creative at it. I could tell you everything that's going to go horribly wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, I can map out. A zillion ways in which my day can explode within itself. Yeah. It's fun. And then I said the term emotional constipation, which I think a lot of people struggle from. I think that is such, yeah, emotional constipation. Yeah. So yeah, no. So it turns out I am also very ambivalent. I am too. So I'm like, that's why I struggle making decisions because I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm just like, I don't know. I kind of am on both sides. Yeah. So, no, is it? It was another one of those. Like you kind of set this one up, and mm-hmm. I hadn't done the research. I probably should have. That's <laughs> okay. But I think that makes it more fun sometimes. Yeah. Because then I get to come in and just like experience it instead mm-hmm. of like being like, I know, I know things already. No, I'm so. just also like low key, high key. Like I like a, I like art. Like Her a art lot. is wonderful. And it really speaks to me. I'm also super weird. Yeah. And her art is super weird and but Matt, like lovely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like weird in the good way. Yeah. 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 No, is so I think I think again, we needed it mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. And was this our first recording back? No. Besides Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, because <sighs> we were supposed to do one last week, but it got canceled. Yeah. And then Sam last episode. Yeah, wow. Yeah, we did. 2024. Good way to start 2024. I mean, I feel like that was a positive way yeah. to start 2024. Uh, do you have anything? Um, honestly, no. Me neither. I on, I just I don't really have a lot of words today. I feel like I'm just kind of like in a, a quiet era. Yeah, I've been just watching a lot of Survivor. Oh, I've been watching Real Housewives. I love that. Yeah, um, we're in our reality TV era, which we're always in. Yeah, no, Real Housewives has been a, a real and <laughs> Love Island. Oh, I haven't just like the that. trash yeah. is trash. Um, oh, so turns out I found out that so my daughter and her boyfriend broke up. My daughter's fifteen. Um, so I was talking to her yesterday and just being like, "Oh, hey, like, how are you feeling? Like, can I do anything for you? Like." whatever we're just talking and I was like okay well I'm gonna remove him as a follower on because he followed me and he followed babes bye bye boy I removed him as a follower and she's like he listens to the episodes so boy bye that's all that's all um (laughs) oh one more thing I I've been having jaw pain recently Mm -hmm. turns out I grind my teeth so hard that I chip my tooth Amazing. So I have to get a filling and a super hot mouth guard. Nice. So good thing you're married. <laughs> Janet has one too. Sick. <laughs> stress. Like we're both so stressed. We need mouth guards. So nice. uh, that's good. Yeah. Cool. 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 But cool, that's cool. it. So great episode. I think everyone just take a weekend with not a lot of words. Cozy up and yeah, maybe watch read some a book. Reality TV. Oh, Actually, we went different ways on that one. Reality TV, honestly. Or a book. Both are great yeah. in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to start getting into cheesy romance novels. I thought you were going to say cheese and beans potatoes. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God. Fuck me. I'm making baked potatoes for dinner tonight. Beans and cheese on it. 
Well, no, what I do is I, I set up like a baked potato bar. Oh, I love and that. And then you can like top your Put own whatever you want. Whatever you want Cause like Kate's definitely like a full like loaded bacon mm-hmm. cheese. But like Lincoln would be like, I'm not even eating this potato. Do you know in the UK they call them jacket potatoes? What? Cause like a jacket. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Kind of fun, right? I got it. See, like I would put broccoli on mine. Was it broccoli cheese and cheese? Fuck yeah. That's what I'm doing. And um, yeah, so I want to get into cheesy romance novels and I don't know where to start. So if anyone has any suggestions and you're Ooh. still listening to this, slide into our DMs with your cheesy romance novel suggestions. I love it. Because I'm going to live vicariously through never dating again and <laughs> cheesy romance novels. I love that so much for you. Thank you. Okay. That's Bye. All. Bye, friends. Bye. The Babies of Quinny podcast is recorded and produced at Starboard Communications, home of 95.5 Hits FM, Cool 100, and inquinty.ca.